Thanks for listening to this Oakland Church message. At Oakland Church, we exist so people far from God will follow Christ and fulfill their purpose. For the full Sunday morning experience, join us at our Rochester, Michigan location every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Praise God. How many people are excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. How many people know that there's a flow in the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost comes like a river. Like a river. Someone turn to your neighbor and say river. river. And the Holy Ghost, when he comes in a river, he cannot be contained because he's like a rushing river. Has anyone ever tried to stand up in a rushing river before? You can't stand. Or you got to hold on to some rocks. I remember I was in Costa Rica on a mission trip. We went whitewater rafting. There was no way I was getting off that raft. Well, let me tell you something. That's what happens when the Holy Ghost moves. He moves like like this incredible rushing river. And this morning, I believe that the Holy Ghost is going to invade our hearts like a river. Like a river. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, like a river. And how many people know that there's freedom? Someone turn to your neighbor, neighbor and say, freedom. freedom. I, am I am free. Whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Now someone just clap unto the Lord this morning. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for this church. Father God, we thank you for everyone that came here this morning. Father God, we thank you that you're already moving on our hearts, Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Father God, that you're invading us, Father God, like a river, Father God, a rushing river, Father God. So we thank you, Lord, that it is not me speaking this morning, Father God, it is you, Father God. So direct me, I pray in Jesus' name. Father God, prepare our hearts. Father God, open up blind eyes and ears this morning, Father God, that they can see the revelation. Father God of your son Jesus Christ and everyone said a big amen amen, amen. praise God because we be chopping that flow chopping that flow chop chop chopping that flow chopping that flow when the Holy Ghost chopping that flow chopping that flow chop chop chopping that flow I'm sorry I just had to let that go I don't know what's going on come on this is church get excited There is breakthrough in the house this morning. Amen. We're talking about made for this. How many people know we're made for this? And the title of the message this morning is, Will the Real Christians Please Stand Up? Come on, stand up in this place. (laughs) The Lord says he's not coming back for a weak bride. He's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a bride back for this morning. That's the church. That's the church. That's the church. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Whoa. (laughs) Praise God. My voice got all squeaky. I must be running off for a second. Felt like Alvin Simon and Theodore. (laughs) My kids love those movies, by the way. It's good movies. Wow. 
I said this in the first service, I need a treadmill because I'm getting out of breath. Amen. Praise God. Do you guys believe that? He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a church where revival is running rapid, not just in this church, but in churches all over the globe. In churches all over the globe. Galatians 1.1 says, this letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. I'm going to say it one more time. Paul says, I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself. You see, Paul the apostle was high up in the Jewish sect. And he had one mission, and his mission was to destroy Christianity. Destroy every Christian, kill every Christian. But listen, when he's talking to the church of of Galatians, he's saying, I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Christ Jesus. Do you realize that when Paul was on the road to Damascus to kill Christians, Jesus Christ himself literally knocked him off his donkey and revealed himself to him and said, I have called you. I have set you apart. Why are you persecuting me? And this morning, I feel like the Lord is getting ready to knock some of us off of our, our, our comfort lifestyle, our comfort Christianity. This Lord's saying, the Lord's saying, I'm getting ready to wreck your life in a good way. Some of us here need to have some road to Damascus experiences. Some of us in here need to have that experience this morning. So listen. The Bible says Christ Jesus was the one who revealed himself to Paul. Christ Jesus raises up the ones he has chosen. God the Father raises up those and gives them authority, not man. So the revelation that Paul is speaking of is that Christ Jesus raises us up. Christ Jesus gives us the authority. Christ Jesus gives us power, not man. God may show us who he is and who he's chosen to raise up, but ultimately it's God the Father who has to say. What's the revelation here? Jesus said in John 17, 21, I pray that we will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the whole world will believe you sent me. What's the revelation? Jesus came out of the Father as the firstborn son so that we can then be reborn through Christ Jesus, and then we become sons of God. Does that make sense? It's simple Christianity. But the problem we have in the church today is that we don't take the revelation of the authority that we carry when we receive salvation. The Lord's calling the body of Christ to step into being a son of God, to step into Jesus. The Bible says greater things we will do than Jesus did. And without the revelation of stepping in to who Jesus is in us, it will never happen. 
without that revelation. You, you physically and spiritually and emotionally have to realize the power that is granted unto you once you, be, once you get saved and once you become a child of God. And I feel a lot of times in the church, we forget and we don't understand the power that we have. That's why sometimes when we wake up, we instantly feel defeated because we're not waking up as sons and daughters of God. That's why instantly when you wake up, sometimes you're instantly getting lied to by the enemy because he wants to destroy the plan of God for you that day. The goal of the enemy is to get you off track. Someone say track. So if the devil can just bounce you off to the left a little bit, that means you're not going on the perfect track that God has for you. And the perfect track that God has for you has already been written before the foundation of time. And the devil wants you to get off that track. The devil wants to keep you comfortable. The devil wants to keep you a little bit depressed, then feel a little bit of the Holy Spirit in church, then feel a little bit good here, go to a communion group, go to a, a special service at night, feel good here, feel good there. Don't get me wrong, that's all good stuff. But I'm telling you, I know this from personal experience, if you're bumped off the track just a little bit, the devil gets you comfortable and you're not on the track and you're not plowing. The Lord's calling us to plow, amen? amen. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, I'm staying on the track. If you get anything out of today, know that we are one with Christ. He works with you. Step into that revelation. When you step into him, you physically leave yourself. I physically leave Jonathan Russo. And we become ambassadors. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is a representative. We, as Christians, represent Christ. To be a Christian means to be Christ-like. And when you come to the realization of who you are in Christ, you begin to pray things like, Lord, empty my vessel so it is completely empty. Clear out all the junk in my life. Clear out all the garbage in my life. Clear out anything that is not of you so it can be completely empty. Man, I'm squeaking. So it can be completely empty. And then fill me with your Holy Spirit and with your anointing. And then you become solely able to operate in what God wants you to operate in because there's no flesh involved. It's just you, the Father, Jesus and the Holy Ghost working. It's like you got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit working with you, and they're your best friends. The Bible says Jesus is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. How, has anyone's brother or sister ever let you down? Anyone? Has anyone's friend ever let you down? I don't know about you, but I've been let down multiple times. But let me tell you something. There is one person who's never let me down, and that's Jesus Christ. He's never let me down. So he's here this morning saying, empty your cup, empty your vessel so I can fill you completely with what I have for you so you can go out, and I won't let you down. When the devil tries to throw you off your track, I will keep you on your track. God's coming back for a pure and spotless bride, amen? Amen, praise the Lord. What is God looking for? What is he looking for? What is he looking for in, in, in true Christians? Number one, he's looking for a committed heart. 
2 Chronicles 16.9, the Lord's eyes scan the whole world to find those whose hearts are committed to him and to strengthen them. He's not looking for perfect hearts. No one's heart is perfect. He's looking for a committed heart. Those who want God's will to be done in their life and throughout the earth. He's looking for men and women after his own heart, like King David, when Samuel, when the Lord rejected Saul, King David was not a king yet. He was out in the field, preparing. And God saw his heart at a young age. And there's young people here this morning where God's literally marking your hearts right now. He's marking your hearts right now. And he's saying, will you commit to me? Will you commit to me? Because I'm marking your heart. There's older people in this room saying, will you commit to me? Will you commit to me? Because I'm marking your heart this morning. See, your heart can be marked, but then you got to commit. Does that make sense? What is God looking for? He's looking for people who trust him. Someone say trust. Second Chronicles 16, 7. At the time, Hananiah, the seer, came to see King Asa and told him, because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. What are you putting your trust in this morning? The, God, the Lord's saying, put your trust in me because I don't want you to miss your chance. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and Libyans and their vast army with all their chariots? At that time, you relied on the Lord. You trusted in the Lord, and he handed them over to you. He handed them over to you because they trusted in God. Where is your trust this morning? Where is your trust? Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. The biblical formula for trusting God is a committed heart equals complete trust. Once your heart is committed, then you have complete trust. If you can't trust, then how can you have faith? Trust and faith go side and side. If you lose trust, if you lose faith, it opens up doors for the enemy to get in and thwart the plan of God for your life. If the enemy has a little opening, he can get in and twist things around, and you can miss out on what God has for you. You can miss out on a salvation. You can miss out on a healing. You can miss out on a business. You can miss out on an opportunity. You can miss out on blessing a family. I don't want to miss out on anything. I don't want to miss out on anything. When Bianca and I started our dealership, I was looking for places to uh, establish the business, and I went to this place on 23 and Shaner, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it, it's cheap, there's no overhead, really, it's very cheap. It was kind of dungy looking, but I saw, you know, the glory, it only, you know, could house like 10 cars, but for me at that time, 10 cars was a lot. And so I made an offer on this place, 
And the agent said, it looks like we're going to get it. I go, okay, great. This is awesome. Fantastic. A week goes by. I didn't hear anything from the guy. So I call him. I'm like, what's going on? I thought you said we were going to get the place. I'm ready to sign the papers. I got the security deposit. What's going on? He goes, I'm talking to the landlord still. Don't worry, Jonathan. Everything's going to be fine. We're getting everything wrapped up. Another week goes by. And finally, I'm like, dear God, what is going on? I just want to open up this business. And then one morning... A few days later, I woke up, and for some reason, I didn't take the short way out of the subdivision. I took the long way. And I feel like this morning, the Lord's saying, a lot of us are looking for the short ways to things. The short way to success. The short way to building something. But the Lord's saying this morning, will you take the road less traveled? And I went the long way, and I'm always in a rush, but this morning I went the long way. And I'm going out, I'm like, why am I going the long way? This is really weird. And all of a sudden, my builder drives past me, and he slams on his brakes, and he rolls down his window. He's like, hey, John, what's going on? I'm like, nothing much, man. He goes, hey, did you get your building yet for your dealership? I go, no, man, this guy's messing around with me. I don't know what his problem is. He says, I got it. I have the check in my hand to give him a deposit. He goes, he goes, bro, I know a guy. I'm like, okay. He goes, <laughs> he goes, his name's, his name's Mike. I go, okay. He's like, I'm going to call Mike. Don't worry. Everything's going to get taken care of. I'm like, okay, praise God. So literally two minutes later, I get a phone call. And this guy's like, hey, it's Mike. Uh, Gasper told me to give you a call. He goes, I got a building. He goes, it's on 23 in Hayes. He goes, and I think it, it just opened up. I think it might work for what you're looking for. I go, okay, I'll meet you there right now. I just felt compelled. Went there. I pulled up, opened up the door. As soon as I opened up the door and I stood in it, the Lord says, this is it. This is it. But if I didn't take the long way, if I would have rushed into that other situation, I wouldn't have received the promise. Something so simple. That's why it's so important to be aligned with God and what he's saying, even away if you're driving differently out of your subdivision. People might think I'm crazy, but the Lord protects us from certain things too. He might have you drive a different way because you're avoiding an accident. The Lord was looking out for my family that day because he had something, he had something greater. It took a longer time, but it was something greater. And so I looked at this guy, Mikey, and I said, hey, Mike, I'll take it. He goes, okay. He goes, you're not even going to negotiate? I go, no. <laughs> I was the worst negotiator that way, that day. He goes, I think he said, it's, it's $21.50 a month. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I'll never forget it. We didn't have our dealer's license. That's a you know, two, three month process. I had no insurance, nothing set up yet. I had, I gave him two months rent, security deposit. I remember I gave him a $6,100 or 64 something dollar check and I handed it to him and I was shaking. I think my dad was there too. <laughs> my dad came the second meeting. I was shaking. My dad's like, it's okay, son. Bianca was there. <laughs> Literally shaking, handing him the check. Come on, having faith isn't comfortable sometimes. <laughs> you 
think when Jesus died on the cross, he was comfortable? You think he could have called 10,000 angels to save him? But he said, not my will, but your will be done. So all of a sudden, two months go by, we get our dealer's license, we had one car. One car turned into 10 cars. 10 cars turned into 20 cars. We only had 20. <laughs> Sam, you are cracking me up. <laughs> we only had 2,600 square feet. We fit like 12 cars in the dealership. Then all of a sudden, we got 30 cars, and we started parking them all in the back parking lot. And then all the tenants started getting mad. They're like, where are all these cars coming from? <laughs> and this dealership's blowing up by the Spirit of God. I don't even know what's going on. Then we got 40 cars. Then we got 50 cars. And I'm like, sweet Jesus, we need a bigger building in less than a year. Because we took the longer way. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, I'll choose the way he shows me. And so... I was looking out the office one day, and I saw that the development, the, land, the landlord was build, building a new development. And I looked there, and I was like, well, I guess we're just going to have to take three-fourths of that new building, which is 14,000 square feet. I had no clue how we were going to afford it, but I knew what God was speaking. And we designed everything. We got everything set up, and all of a sudden, the devil started lying to my mind, and he says, you can't afford this. You're going to fail. You have four kids, a wife, a mortgage, bills, ties. <laughs> I'm thinking, you got all this stuff. You, gotta, you got employees you have to pay. You can't afford this. What if every, everything tanks? What if the economy tanks? And he started lying to my mind. And I started freaking out. Then I'll never forget this. Bianca looked at me and she said, <laughs> she looked at me and she put her foot down. There's two stories to this. She put her foot down. I, I was telling Bianca this. I'm like, babe, I just don't know if we can do this. I just don't know. And she put her foot down and goes, no. <laughs> no. Across the building is like the, the Red Sea. And God's calling you like Joshua to cross the sea and enter into the promised land. <laughs> Just put her foot down. No. <laughs> and I was like, okay, praise God. I got faith. My wife's believing me. And then I sit down with Mr. Luigi. That's the owner of the property. Luigi. And Luigi's like, John. I got everything set up and lined up. You'll be good for a January 1 move-in date. I'd like to park some of my classic cars in there too so we can showcase them as long as we tie them off with ropes. This is a true story. I'd like to allocate five spots. I'll give you $1,000 a month for those five spots. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> that that really didn't happen though. <laughs> it's good though. It's good. 
And he's telling me, and I'm freaking out still. Even though my wife put her foot down and put the word down, I'm freaking out. And I looked at him again. I looked at him. The devil was lying to me. I said, he showed me how much it was going to be a month. I said, Mr. Luigi, I can't afford it. I have to back out. And he put his hand down. He goes, no. Mike spent all this time, Mikey spent all this time on this project with you. What's Mike going to say? You can't back out. You can't quit. This is, God has something great for you in this building. You're going to explode out of this building. You're going to go on the main road one day. You're going to outgrow this building. Don't stay where you're at. Move forward. Don't worry that you're going to have provision. And this man, who's, I don't know if he's saved or not, just starts prophesying over me. And I said, sweet Jesus, I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm going in and I ain't going back, baby. We can't look back. If you look back, it's not a good thing. You just got to keep moving forward. It's called the bulldoze anointing. You just keep trailblazing, bulldozing, trailblazing, bulldozing. And when you're one in Christ, you take the authority that Christ, is, that Christ has given you, you literally become Christ, the Son of God, and you literally take the authority of Christ, and he's walking through you. He's walking with you, and you're bulldozing that path by the power of God and by the name of Jesus. Where is your faith this morning? Now that building, we just crossed the 100-car threshold. We have so many cars, I don't know what to do. It's kind of overwhelming. Like the song, it's overwhelming. <laughs> the more I seek you. <laughs> but here's what's going on at the dealership. Now, God has opened up the door for a prophetic ministry to come into our dealership. I mean, our business has turned in not only to a, a kingdom business, but our business has turned into a ministry as well. We have a whole team of prophets coming into the dealership, and they have their ministry in the dealership. And we're not charging them a cent. It's free. Come in and change the world. Come on, this is good stuff. If you're a businessman and the Lord's given you the resources, start raising up ministries. Ask the Lord to show you and just give. Amen. Sorry, I don't know that's out there, but okay. So, okay. Amen. Are you guys getting something out of this this morning? Amen. Number three, what is God looking for? He's asking you the question, are you pleasing God? Are you pleasing God or are you pleasing man? Who are you pleasing? If you're worried about what the world thinks, you need to renew your mind. If you're worried about what God thinks, then you're going down the straight path. I, my worry is, Lord, I want your will to be done in my life. I want to be solely committed to you so that everything I do brings glory to your name. Lord, I don't want my life to make sense. And my life has never made sense. Bianca and I have been married for almost 10 years and we have moved 10 times. 
I am a professional mover. Me and Bianca, we get the plates, we put them in the boxes, boom, boom, boom. Three days, done, out, boom, we're in a new house. It's crazy. I don't know how we've done it, by the grace of God. But I don't want my life to be normal. I want to be abnormal. I want people to look at my wife and I and say, whoa, there's a kingdom couple. How, how did they do that? What happened? And I could just look at them and say, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. If we can get the band to come up. It's Jesus. Galatians 1.10. Paul says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. That's some heavy stuff. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be a servant of Christ. I think one of the devil's biggest tactics is that he lies to our minds saying that we have to conform to what people think is right. And then we almost conform to and make Jesus into a comfortable situation so people can feel comfortable. But I don't know about you, when Jesus preached, he called the Pharisees out. And he called the ones who were down. He called the ones who were rejected. He called the ones who were broken. And he said, I choose you. I choose you because you want to serve. I choose you because you have a committed heart. I choose you because you can trust. I choose you because you have faith. I choose you because you don't care about pleasing other people. You care about pleasing God. And the Lord's saying, if you just have a mustard seed, the smallest seed, just a little seed of faith, that's all the Lord needs to move on your behalf. Some of you came here this morning so down, so broken, so hurt by family members, so hurt by situations in your life, so hurt by pain from the past, so hurt because you feel like you've been stuck in the mud and you cannot get out. But the Lord's saying to you this morning, align yourself with me. Commit your hearts. Trust in me. Please choose to please me and not man. And I will pull you out of the clay and I will bring you out of darkness into marvelous light. What once was cloudy will become clear. Where once you were depressed, you will be happy. Where once you were poor, you will become rich. And, the, and this morning the Lord is bringing us back to the day we got saved, to the day of salvation in each and every one of our lives. And he's saying, let me be one in you as I am one with the Father. Commit your heart to me. Trust me. Have faith. 
please me and me alone and watch what I could do in your life. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a glorious bride. He's coming for a church that is at the forefront in Hollywood, that's at the forefront in business, that's at the forefront in every facet of society. That's who God's coming back for. He's not coming back for a weak and brittle bride. The Bible says they shall know their God and do great exploits. This morning, you may think you have known God, but you've not had a personal relationship in your heart with him. You've never asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins. This morning, Jesus, our Savior, is literally knocking at your heart's door saying, will you accept me? Will you repent? Because I want to give you this amazing life. I want to walk hand in hand with you. And when the enemy tries to knock you off your track, when the enemy tries to beat you down, when the enemy tries to make you live in fear and lie to your mind and tell you who you are, Jesus says, no, I'm going to tell you who you are who you are. You are a son. You are a daughter of the Most High. You're going to do great things in my kingdom. I am for you. I am not against you. We hope you enjoyed that part of our message. There is so much more to experience at Oakland Church. We look forward to seeing you soon.